0: Welcome back to Lost in Roshar, the ultimate journey through the Stormlight Archive. I'm Christian Kremling. And I'm Jimmy Stormbless. Today, we're diving into the
1: final interludes of The Way of Kings as we close out part three of this first book of the Stormlight Archive. This uh, podcast has spoilers for all of the Stormlight Archive. So if you haven't read it all, we'll see you later. For everyone else, welcome back uh, to Lost in Roshar. But it's weird to say that these are the final interludes, Christian, because we're going into part four, and there's a part five, but part five does not have interludes. And I, for one, am insulted by this. I understand it's for pacing, but I like, I like things to be congruent. And the fact that there's not <laughs> an interludes for, for part four upsets me greatly.
0: You know, as a self-proclaimed Stormlight aficionado, I was looking for the part four interludes today. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> what is this?
1: What is <laughs> this admission in
0: my in my edition? Did I get the wrong book? Um <laughs> turns out I just don't know my don't know my stormlight anymore. And there's only three sets of interludes, which I guess, like you said, pacing. Pacing. Mm-hmm. You wanna get to the yeah. Sandalanch after part four. It's probably a big big gut punch cliffhanger. And he was like, you know what, I can't study more flame sprain right now. We've got to get to yeah. the action. Yeah.
1: I think it should have been part four point one.
0: yeah yeah just to make it extra anime for the for the reader 4.1 part one zero
1: he gets gets us into with this rhythm and then he breaks it i mean that's very rude the
0: rhythm not the rhythm of war the rhythm of Mm. anti-interlude which i'm strongly (laughs) against i loved interludes man they're just i i quite even in my first read where i had no idea what the heck was happening Always welcome to good interlude because they're just snappy, they're different, and we finally see more of this planet that is is like sorely underused. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, and also it, it gives us more puzzle pieces and I think is meant to be somewhat of a bridge maybe between things that we don't understand. And I like that. I like looking for these things as we read through, which obviously we're on this reread. I think it's a little bit easier to go see those things instead of just trying to figure out what, you know, Caledon or Shalon or Dalinar are doing next. So, uh, the interludes are even better on a reread. Uh, and as is most of the book, I think besides the strap, um, <laughs>
0: oh i haven't talked about the strap in a while thank god oh (laughs) oh, you know what i started 2024 without the strap and it's already back it's coming
1: back in part four bro it's it's gonna be there
0: you know who really broke the strap it was the kremlin hive mind we just you know we crept Mm -hmm. in and just nibbled you know nibbled enough to uh (laughs) to (laughs) to make alica keep him on his toes you know our little
1: pincers we just (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) um how's your week been dude it's been a This we're recording a little later than usual because I was in transit from New Zealand. I have returned. How has your week been?
1: It's been busy uh, and and not super favorable weather here on the east coast of America. Though though my area actually hasn't been all that bad, but it has been colder than I I like, which uh, I'm I'm kind of a a wimp when it comes to cold weather. But but work's been extremely busy, uh, which is. I knew it was coming but it's still worse than I imagined. <laughs> the end of the year was so chill and I was just staring down the barrel of 2024 and now it's here and they just gave me two shells to the forehead at work and I'm like all right I guess this is what we're doing. Uh, so uh I've been a little I've been a little uh frazzled but you know um we we keep we keep moving. We keep doing the thing and uh yeah. Excited for spring. I'm excited for some warm weather.
0: Oh man, the return to to work after after the holidays is a it's never okay and you're never ready for it um and i'm having that realization now like after being in new zealand basically in middle earth looking at mountains i have no idea which as i was as i i'm laughing because on my mac just like put balloons all around me it said you're going back to work yeah i don't know (laughs) what triggered that um (laughs) uh But yeah, being in being in Middle Earth with the mountains, I was literally driving around with the um, Lord of the Rings soundtrack banging in the car. Wow. And it was just glorious. in these misted mountains. And then I got off the airport at Sydney and it was just like gray and flat concrete. Oh, man. You know, (laughs) it's
1: just I hate concrete. I'm done with concrete, dude. You're done with concrete. Yeah. You know, whenever you get just look around, everything's concrete roads and just like, man. What happened to, 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 to nature and the beauty of What happened of to it?
0: stones? We're, yeah. we're, we're, shin, we're shin people now. We're, we're shin walk. <laughs> <laughs> Can't walk on stones. Mm, I wonder what shin people would think of concrete. Is that allowed? I don't
1: think they would be a big fan. I feel like they would think it's sacrilegious. Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. close
0: to stones at that point.
1: I think so. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had such a good time in New Zealand, dude. I mean, visiting Hobbiton and stuff. I mean, that stuff just looks so like so much fun fun. Oh. You know, I think it's times like those when you—I don't know about you—but like I come back from trips, and and I'm going on one here in a few weeks somewhere, and it's like I know when I get back, I'm just gonna be like, why do I spend 99% of my life doing these things that I don't care about? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how do how do we be able to do things like the New Zealand trip and do podcasts about things we love and make? You know what I mean? How, how do you how do you make that happen? I don't know. I'm not
0: sure. Yeah. It's the post-holiday come down. Or whenever you're doing something you love, you stop and you're like, oh, back to all this other crap, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, Got to have the darkness to have the light as, uh, I don't know, probably Gandalf said it or something.
1: Ups and downs, yeah. you know, they go hand in, <laughs> hand, in hand and, and they're, they're important to one another possibly. That's what they tell me. That's what I'm yeah. going to tell myself so I can get through this year. But um, yeah, yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, it's just another week here on Lost in Roshar where existential crisis has <laughs> come out no matter what.
0: We're always a step away from existential dread on this show. You never know when it's going to rear its ugly head. But hey, look—if alloy of mid wasn't so mid, I wouldn't be loving era two so much. You know,
1: gonna yes. think it was that way. That's a really good point. How is your progress going with era two? Are you? Are you? It was mean? a
0: bit slower as New Zealand got prettier. I was like, oh, mm. I'm going to look at this instead of uh, a book. Um, but it's progressing well. The thing with era two of Miss is I'm I'm weirdly more because you know sanderson's it's all about the plot right for um, mm. for a lot of a lot of the selling point is the plot and how it all converges and the cars connections and the implications um but trademark. i'm <laughs> yeah trademark yeah <laughs> but i'm like really into the character work and i'm like oh these relationships are progressing well and how are they going to end up and all there's some tension here and oh i understand this person's actions a bit more so that's cool and the plot is like fine you know i'm like okay Cool.
1: interesting that yeah. is not what i'm expecting when i continue so that that's a curveball
0: yeah it is a curveball i know i think the um plot will go wild soon in this book in the third book and then the fourth i know for like from everyone's takes is just bananas in terms mm-hmm. of if you're a Cosmere fan so that will be fun i probably need to read i've heard i need to read the emperor's soul um to fully appreciate the fourth book which i will do fantastic fantastic mm.
1: novella it's actually pound for pound it's my favorite sanderson so i am very curious to see what you think and one a hugo
0: yeah i heard yeah i I started it earlier in, in the year when i was having trouble reading i was like let's do a novella and then even then i was so busy i just couldn't get through it you know it set into like days i maybe got to like day 10 or something um but i will read it i'm in a good reading zone at the moment so I'm keen to like add another Cosmere patch to my Cosmere vest, <laughs> like whatever it is. You gotta like acknowledge every series you've read.
1: Of course, maybe when you reread Emperor's Soul, maybe I will read it with you. Maybe maybe that's something we could read together and we could talk about yeah. it. That'd be fun because uh, I I actually love that story um, and I think it's his best uh, prose actually. So I would be keen to read it again.
0: Uh, he put out a video this week of, like, his 2024 recommendations of, like, where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave a, a, a lot um, based on what kind of reader you are. And Emperor Soul was one of them. If you want to, like, get a taste of his finer writing.
1: I didn't Emperor get Soul. to uh, to watch the video. Did he recommend Warbreaker as a starting point at any like Was no. that one of them?
0: Really? No. no. He started off with Tress... He started off with Tress um, for like a whimsical fairy tale vibe. And then he went for like, if you like action, read um, Skyward. And I'll stand by the first Skyward book. I really liked it, even though Jimmy's like making, he, Jimmy looks like he ate a sour lemon over there. But the first <laughs> Skyward is actually really good. Um, but these two books are. It's like never what I say when I'm recommending. Sanderson, oh my God, the balloons are showing up again. I got to <laughs> stop doing whatever I'm doing. I think it's the peace sign.
1: It's the peace sign.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he recommended Mistborn, of course. Um, and then he recommended, he's like, if you're serious and you want the whole thing, Way of Kings. Um,
1: That's and, right. Go in the deep end.
0: Let's yeah. Just, and I just sat there, arms folded, nodding slowly. Yes the way of kings and then um i think the, yeah and then the last one was Empress soul um i like how like he gave different recommendations also he's got to sell all his series at the same time like you yeah, got to really the cover a lot of points yeah, yeah you got to recommend the novellas you got to recommend non-cosmere um but look i always everyone's like you know read Mistborn because it's it's not as difficult i'm like read read stormlight it's not as hard as it it's not as difficult as people make it out to be it's pretty straightforward you know there's a lot you can latch on to
1: yeah as long as you're ready for the ride um i have Hmm. a friend who's reading for the first time and they're
0: like
1: they're like man this is uh this is slow (laughs) like it is very slow um and i'm trying to kind of give them the you know just a push i don't like interfering with people's reading experiences um i'm not Mm. hands-on because i know what that feels like Whenever I say I'm reading a very popular series on my on my book channel and then people are like, let me tell you everything that you need to think, you know, so yeah. I'm just kind of like, I'm like, well, you know, there, there, there'll be some growth there. But the one interesting thing about this friend is that he's like, uh, could Sanderson stop being annoying with these hints? That's obviously Kaladin's special. When he's drawing Stormlight. He's like, it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, dude, it's so obvious. I'm thinking about my first time reading. I'm like, did I know? Like, was I this confident? Because he's only in part. He just got into part three like just started it today oh wow and he's like he knows like he's like dude, this is so
0: obvious (laughs) like yeah "Hmm." i mean i think i it's obvious um i don't i remember to be honest i don't remember i first read this in like 2017 i don't remember it's been a while yeah how i felt but i think at this point at least in part three you're meant to be picking up on it um, i would hope so yeah, yeah. yeah otherwise it's a really boring book
1: he's <laughs> uh, like man i'm being beat over the head with this can we can we yeah. just acknowledge this on the page now <laughs> can we can we just do it and i'm like uh, just wait it'll uh,
0: escalate i promise <laughs> that's fair enough i've had to, i've grown more patient as i got older because like normally when someone's reading or watching something i like i was always the like just wait guy just wait till mm-hmm. the next one just wait till this moment um but you got to enjoy what you're experiencing right now. Like, why can't we just celebrate um, the first hundred pages or whatever? Like, just let people enjoy things or um, disenjoy
1: things, or like you know, what enjoy I mean? things. I don't yeah. care.
0: Yeah, it's like I love this so much. I don't care if somebody hates it or tells me it sucks. Like, that's fine. It yeah, doesn't
1: bother me. I'm with you actually, and I say this a lot about A Song of Ice and Fire because I'm so close to it, and I don't just mean like emotionally, but I mean like I'm talking the conversations I'm having about A Song of Ice and Fire on a weekly basis have nothing to do with the merits of whether people like it or you know what i mean yeah it has yeah. everything to do with like the finer details and um, a lot of psychoanalysis of characters the way themes are interacting with one another and as we have done this podcast i'm starting to feel that way about this now mm. in stormlight as well and you know there are things i like and i don't like but those conversations are far in the past at this point. You know, maybe maybe we'll mention them every now and then. But we're doing something different. Yeah. And I would argue, for myself at least, I can say this is definitely for myself. May not be for everybody else, but I get more out of reading doing this than I do fighting over a star rating or something.
0: Yeah. Like I remember when I first started making videos, I didn't know if I was going to be that guy. I didn't think I ever would be. Like the review critic i I never really felt the capacity to do that i like just really diving into something and trying to understand it hence lost in rosha it feels like we're like tourists in this world and we're just trying to like take it all in Mm -hmm. Um, we're not trying to judge it as a literary piece
1: but sometimes we'll appreciate we'll, it yeah we'll, we'll comment follow. on it and, yeah. and but like you said you know even me i uh, you know I, I have done a ton of reviews um mm. and i do talk about books i talk about what i like and what i don't like about them but there's just certain things or series that once i'm into them those conversations are retired for me yeah. in, <laughs> yeah. in a way you know people i, I have people message me uh, reading a song by sapphire like i hate a dance of dragons it sucks and i'm like i really <laughs> like I don't care. And I don't mean I don't care because I'm angry. I don't care because like I I just don't care. I made up my mind in 2018 about that. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. that's I'm fine with it, you know, but I'm more yeah. interested in how we talk about, you know, Marines politics and and how do we get out of this situation and how do we get up here and blah 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 blah. So yeah, man, uh,
0: we're too deep. We're in so deep. Yeah.
1: I can't see the beginning of the rabbit hole. You yeah, know, it's, I, I'm, I just, I'm in the darkness. I'm
0: in the Kremlin i'm in the burrows man i've got all these yeah the so i remember being so bothered like when i'd see a bad review of stormlight in my early days be like how dare sure. they how dare they say these things and now i'm like oh, <laughs> ah <Yeah, that, that, laughs> it's probably fair enough whatever yeah it's probably fair enough yeah yeah um yes we're maturing we're maturing uh
1: um, slowly but surely so- <laughs> i think uh <laughs> I think you've kind of covered the Sando update with that. Um, mm. I, I did want to mention there's a trailer up on his channel for the words of Radiance Leatherbound. Ooh. Have and you seen it?
0: Like, uh, well, I think I saw it when it first dropped, but like every week now he does like a little piece on yeah. each order of Radiant, which is mm-hmm. fun, written by Dan Wells. Just oh, so Danny you know. Wells. Yeah, so Dan Wells is writing these little like tidbits. It seems it's like by... Someone who was studying the Radiance back when they were in their peak, like mm. in the, in, when they were quite common, like Dalinar, Vision Era, and they're just um, colloquially talking about each order. And some of it was pretty funny, especially the Windrunner ones. Um, that made me laugh because it's Did just... Did you hear the
1: rumor? What's that? That Dan Wells might write Stormlight 7?
0: Oh, get out of here. Get out of <laughs> here. Jimmy Jimmy troll blessed. I just want
1: to start a misinform, oh, <laughs> misinformation it. campaign <laughs> about Cosmere. Like I want to be the number one resource for like. I want to be like the Breitbart of, <laughs> of the Cosmere.
0: I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the conspiracy theorist. Hey man, I know look, okay, I know Sando's expanding, but there's no way I'm telling you right now, there's no way any store my book says like Brandon Sanderson and Dan Wells or even what about novellas
1: Mm.
0: do you think maybe a novella it depends i think it depends how far he wants to stretch it i think what he does now of like novella between each book basically will stay Mm -hmm. his but if there's more that he wants to do beyond main book novella main book novella maybe Hmm. there'll be like a dan a dan thing but i don't think he'll give up his ground you know yeah it's yeah. like what he does now is what he does.
1: I guess anything's possible. I, I guess we'll have to see. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I'm just I'm just messing around.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure there will be a discussion eventually. Like decades, like you know, the merits of Dan Wells, Cosme, and um, Isaac Stewart's Is it Isaac Stewart? Somebody else is writing um, mm-hmm. other stuff too. So I'm curious, and it's his baby. So and he knows these guys super well. So there's obviously a level of trust. I wonder if the voices will vary so much that it will feel that different. You know, I'm curious. I'm it's,
1: curious. Maybe the Cosmere will be like 40, uh, Warhammer, you know, 40 K in like hundred years.
0: Do they have like multiple, how does that work? Oh, I don't really know how Warhammer works.
1: We, you, I cannot tell you about it because I don't want you to get, <laughs> okay. we'll lose you. It'll be over.
0: I'll start a new podcast.
1: It is. There's so much.
0: I'm, so I'm going to be starting to paint my stormlight minifigs if they ever arrive. And then it's a slippery slope to Warhammer. That's right? a
1: wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> You're going to be living there a dumpster behind Wendy's. It's going to be a, it's going to be a nightmare. Like, <laughs> at least I got the lore brother.
0: <laughs> I'll just be yelling at people. <laughs> Did you know the Heralds were in the prologue? <laughs> 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 oh mate. Speaking of Heralds, we've got an interlude to talk about. Jimmy told yeah, me he had we, no idea what was going on in this interlude and I couldn't have been happier.
1: Yeah, I, I he's like, what would you think? I'm like, I don't know what happened. And he's like, perfect. Just don't read anything <laughs> else. I said, OK, that's fine. Um, you know, we got we three interludes here. They're all relatively short. The third one's the longest and that's with Zeth. But the uh, first one is interlude. I interlude number seven, technically, but it's the first one here for uh, part three. And it's called Baxel. And there is no epigraphs for these, um, so we won't have any dramatic exactly. readings of those, unfortunately. But um, the the summary of this, which, by the way, I get most of these summaries from CopperMind.net. I want to give them credit. Uh, I do paraphrase from now, uh, you know, every now and then just to kind of mix it up because I don't want to always read it for verbatim. But a uh, big shout out to Coppermine. They, they help uh, the show out a lot. So uh, thanks to them. So the summary for interlude number seven is... Baxel and his cousin Av, what a terrible name, walk down a corridor of the palace of Ashno of Sages. Their mistress walks ahead and stops at an intersection. She asked for his bag of tools. She asked for his bag. Oh, for Baxel's. I'm dumb. Yeah. Uh, and she proceeds into the <laughs> Hollowed Hall where she begins to destroy works of art, slashing paintings with a knife and pounding on sculptures with a mallet. As she works, Baxel and Av talk about going to the Night Watcher. Baxel claims he can avoid the curse by phrasing his request just right. But Av says it doesn't matter what your boon is. You get a curse no matter what. Baxel wishes he could get some courage using the old magic. And that is the very least of what is going on here. Uh, there, there's mm. clearly a bunch of stuff happening. <laughs> and how about I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I should just it start vomiting at you just things I've noticed and then we just go in I think that might be a good idea. You don't have to answer these things, but okay, I'm gonna vomit okay. at you real Yeah quick. yeah go go go. And the first thing I'm gonna say is and if if you I'm gonna give very light Yumi spoilers basically just of an something that's included in Yumi. But okay. you don't have to yeah I'm just giving you know if you're a listener it's you don't want to know a single word about Yumi. But this is yeah. really just expectation spoilers. Uh art slashing paintings with a knife with impounding on sculptures. I just thought of Yumi here because mm. of what art is on that planet. Um, though, I don't know if Sanderson ever planned to write Yumi at this point. So I don't know if that maybe, or maybe Yumi became something from this possibly who knows. So I did think about that because of the, of the art in Yumi. Right. A um, couple other questions here. Why does Baxel want courage? Mm. He must, it's uh, for him to be and to go, Mess with old magic. It has to be something extremely important. And that is a very big question. About yeah, like Baxle.
0: what's he going for? Yeah.
1: Yes. There there yeah. has to be a reason here, right? Now, on top of that, is it Baxel who says his brother went to the Night Watcher, but his hands went numb forever? Or is it Av? One of them says that. It's
0: Yeah, the, uh,
1: <laughs> the non-POV guy. Uh, okay, so Av. I get them mixed up, yeah. So I'm just curious, who's Av's brother and are we going to see him? Yeah, And he also didn't know what Av asked for. He said he seems almost embarrassed by whatever he asked. And for me, I would have let this go. And I would have said Av's brother is no one important. But the fact that he didn't know (laughs) and he said he might have been kind of embarrassed. I feel like this is just a little bit of a hint towards something. And I don't know if maybe it's meant to show that maybe the old magic is a place that people go for more personal issues because like courage is a personal thing right you could be embarrassed about not having courage i don't know if that's meant to be a signifier for that or if av's brother is someone we're going to run into we're going to find someone with numb hands during (laughs) this reread or or in 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 the second era of of stormlight i'm curious i I, i'm so these are just things i saw um (laughs) i really want to know who this lady is i want to know who baxel is because baxel seems significant being a pov and needing courage for something. Mm. Um but this is what this is what I have. This is what I got.
0: I love that. We're going to see someone with numb hands like someone's warming their hands yeah. too close to a fire. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, oh and I want to know what the I want to know what the boon is. And and I'll throw out this last thing. This is completely crackpot BS. Is this mistress could this mistress be Yasna? There's no way, obviously, but there's no way. All
0: right, I've held my tongue long enough. All right, go. All right, this mistress is a herald. We have a herald, you should have known. Yes, this is Shalash, the herald of beauty, Hmm. um, who's commonly known as Ash colloquially. People like say. You know how um, the people of Rosha have like exclamations for the heralds, like Kellex Breath. Yeah. They usually say Ash's Eyes. That's what they'll say. Nice. Um, and you know how every herald is a bit nuts? And they're usually a bit nuts in relation to like what they were known for. Um, for example, Nail was like the herald of justice and now he's gone a bit crazy and he like takes the law super literally and enforces it everywhere. Slash was the herald of beauty and now she destroys every depiction of herself everywhere it's like her life's mission is to destroy every art piece of her every statue of her and we saw it in the prologue dude i don't know if you remember but like zeth's walking past the statues of the heralds and one's like all smashed yes yeah so that was her wow and uh eventually we'll when we read edge dancer in that palace where lift is she sees like a depiction of the heralds as well and her and ash is all scratched out and she's like oh that's weird (laughs) so Mm -hmm. she's with Baxel and av just like touring roshar breaking stuff um which is what which then um when i was reading about them talking about the night watcher and stuff that seems very now in hindsight that seems very telling in terms of like the herald's madness the whole the the boon curse situation right? Like every Herald has like a flip side where they've gone crazy in relation to like whatever magic or whatever properties they were known for. It seems to be like a commentary on that to some degree. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say, like, he would have placed that on purpose, that conversation?
1: Yeah, I think so. And maybe this is, uh, you know, because the old magic is, uh, Brandon said, is kind of like, you know, it's it's literally like old magic and fantasy. It's not very well explained. It's kind of mysterious. And maybe we are supposed to kind of take the leap of, well, we don't know everything about old magic. We probably never will. But it's maybe Harold's powers in general are somewhat linked to the old magic. Maybe what if all of this is a boon? Like the entire thing,
0: yeah. Like, yeah, it would be interesting if it's a boon or if it, if it's like, it feels like a magical side effect. You know how everything's so scientific mm-hmm. with Sanderson; it just feels like, oh, if you've been alive this long, um, <laughs> yeah, your powers flip or something. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because, like, later on in the series, like she's self aware that she's compelled to do this. Because we get some Ash POVs later, briefly, in Oathbringer, and she's, like, looking for another Herald, and she's actively not trying to look around in case she sees, like, a statue of herself because she will know she'll get distracted by it. So, like, hmm. it's weird. It's like she hasn't fully lost it. She's like, oh, man, if I see something, i got to do something about it. Yeah, that's so, almost
1: compulsive. Like, there, there's something driving that.
0: Yeah. I mean, beyond that, it's because they hide it's a herald. The way he hides it's a herald is because they're in, like, a whole different region of Rosha. They're in Emule, I think. Yeah, pretty sure they are, Um, which is kind of right near Eretheria, funnily enough. But they've got a whole different ruling system, um, and therefore their, like, mythology with the heralds, they have different names. So, like, when it says that she's destroying an art piece, it says the painting depicted... A pan lady of dreams, so like obviously, it's a different name to Shalash.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a uh, alias,
0: yeah, which is curious to me because, like, well, because Baxel and Av, right? Are they not seeing any resemblance between their mistress and all these artworks? Like, don't they kind of look similar? Maybe
1: that's maybe that's why he wants courage to ask her what why she's doing all this. Yeah,
0: maybe he's slightly onto it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I
1: mean it, it kind of says that. Like the mistress took a knife from her bundle and slashed the painting down front. Baxel cringed but said nothing. He'd almost gotten used to the casual way she destroyed art, though he was baffled by it. She did pay the two of them very well, however. So I mean I think you can tell it bothers him, but he's kind of like, Well, I'm getting paid. But maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the courage thing maybe. coming out. I
0: would say so. Um because she does look weird, like in their eyes. All the all the heralds are a have some sort of... They're always described as looking kind of Shin, which basically means like not looking... Um, you know how most people on Rosha have an Asian-ish appearance? Yeah. Shin are bas- basically don't look like that. So that's why they're like, oh, she looks kind of Shin, but she's got dark skin. They can't figure out where she's from. Um, hmm. Most heralds, if not all, were from Ashen, hence where why they look different. I wonder why they haven't like... I guess they're just getting paid. So they just like, oh, well, not going to ask questions.
1: Yeah. And I feel like maybe the courage to ask the question is exactly what it is. Because mm-hmm. he says, I've been thinking of seeking the old magic, Baxel said, partially to keep himself from cringing as the mistress moved on to gouge out the <laughs> eyes of a fine bust. So that, I, I, you know interesting also ash eyes and gouging out the eyes Um, but i feel like you know why is he thinking about the old magic at this exact moment and he's cringing so i guess that that very well could be the answer to my courage question
0: yeah i would say so Mm -hmm. the other fun fact about her is she says at the end perhaps i should get myself a shard blade she said absently pulling the tool up on her shoulder but that might make this too easy so interesting about that is That tells you that whenever the um, Heralds put their honor blades in the circle in the prelude, she didn't go and retrieve it. Like, she does not have her honor blade anymore. So she's thinking about getting a Shire blade. But I also wonder why she cares about making this easy. Is there, like, some sort of, like, catharsis in just grabbing a hammer (laughs) and smashing a statue?
1: Well, what else is she going to do?
0: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, if you've got immortality, she's
1: just looking for purpose. <laughs> yeah,
0: I suppose. Yeah. What um, did you think of this curse, dude, where like his dad saw the world upside down from then on? That sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it I, I, sounds awful. You know what I thought of, though? I thought,
1: I kind of thought of Shadesmar because like it's like reverso world. Yeah, and yeah, seeing things upside down. I was like, <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. Like, I, I wonder what Shadesmar would look like upside down.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how the heck he got used to that. His dad was no way telling me, to, oh, yeah, I got used to it. There's no way. There's no way no, you get used to it. No, There's no uh, way. Dude, this sent me down a rabbit hole because researching about the Nightwater and stuff, and I'm like, freaking mm-hmm. Taravangin, man. When Taravangin went there, like, his intention was just to help Gavilar with, like, you know, what needed to be done. And I forget what he he said. He asked, but it was like the something about the intelligence and the compassion to to help the world. But it's like his one was his boon, and, and like curse, was directly they directly compare with each other. So like, there's like a limit. There's like a capacity. And if you're like ninety percent intelligent, you're you're only intelligent, but you're like kind of angry and evil, or you're compassionate. But yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I mean, it's the whole thing about like AI and, you know, this has been said millions of times, but it's like if, if you, the concern that you go to a super intelligent AI and you say we need to get rid of global warming and it says radio and then it just kills every human.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is like that. It is like that. And that's the thing yeah. about the diagram. It's like, yes, he's super intelligent that day, but it's for like nefarious purposes. It's not it's not with that compassionate mind and Mm -hmm. just reading more about the diagram how he wrote in like new languages and stuff and they gotta like figure out the languages he created to like decipher what he was talking about that is just so cool um and to know that this is all going on whilst we're reading this book is just so dope yeah
1: and then he has a whole ward of people that he's (laughs)
0: Yeah, watching I know. die
1: and writing it down
0: i know because like i'm reading the seth chapter i'm like this is because the diagram told him to do to do this mm-hmm. he like wrote this down one day he was like get the assassin in white to like start a civil war <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> it's so insane uh, but i'm jumping the gun a bit i guess i don't know if there was anything else in this interlude like i just was chuffed that i finally because i always knew it was shalash was one of the first little little tidbits I found out about the way of Kings. And I thought it was really cool for understanding something. Um, but when I read it today, I was like, Oh, this old magic conversation is not there f- for, for, you know, just, just to pass the time. One, it's, it's also relating to the Zeth's whole situation. Cause like that's influencing Tara mentioned, but more, more poignantly, I think it's about commenting on how the heralds kind of have a, a downside to their yeah,
1: and, and that makes me just wonder like, Cause we've always asked like, how did all this start stuff like stuff? Started. Yeah. 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 Maybe it was it's, all from boom.
0: Maybe. I think that the common story is like honor the, the guy, whoever 10 of the guy who held honor at the time was like, Hey, I'm going to make you guys herald. You get this, you get this, you get this, but maybe he comes with, um, what if
1: he went to the night watcher?
0: Oh, I wonder. Yeah. That'd be interesting.
1: Can he do that? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the question. Can he, I don't know if he could. It's like, I need to make 10 superheroes for a cool epic fantasy world. And she's like, Yeah, but they go about 2,000 years in, they go mad. You know, mm. two to 4,000 years, something goes wrong. He's like, Yeah, that, that'll be fine. You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's enough time. Like, I heard this we'll, kid we'll, we'll kick, gonna the
1: get can, kick the can down the road. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, my only other question is who is Prime Catasix?
0: Yeah. So that's like the just the, the naming convention for like the leaders of that area, just like the king. But I think there's a more religious element to mm-hmm. the to the katasticks. Well, I, I was
1: think. wondering if maybe it related to, you know, Night Watchers and also the Heralds and Boons, because, you know, this is the first time we've heard this phrase. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, totally, this entire-
0: it's totally out of nowhere. Um, I'm, I'm fear Oh, Hey, Oh, sorry. I've, I've misread it. Uh, I've misremembered it. I was thinking of like the, whatever the leaders called, uh, the Pope? <laughs> not the not, not in our world, the one that they, the, the house oh. that they're in now, uh, whatever. I, I just re- I just searched Six now. Um, and it redirected me to Herald. So it's just, it's just what they call the Heralds in this world. So, the prime catastics is probably just talking about Yazrian. Yeah. So, they all, they all, basically, all of Roshar looks back to the heralds in their history, but there's been different histories and religions formed from them, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like the, of these parts of world building always.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like a little puzzle and it's accurate to, to, to the human experience, right? People like cultures are going to break off and, and create different stories and understandings. It's awesome. I wish we got more. I really crave more of this stuff because, you know, ask me any question about the Alethian, the Alethian Vedan cultures. I'm cool, you know, but ask me about the Catastix and I'm like, oh, I don't really, I got to refresh myself on this. I would like to learn more about the, these parts of Roshar.
1: I was uh, just telling somebody that I was hoping that one day we might get a fire and blood uh, type deal or some Arillion type oh. deal for Roshar, but I think it's more likely it'd be Cosmere wide. And I, I also don't feel like Sanderson will do it. I don't think that I don't, I don't, I don't think
0: know. I don't, I just, it feels kind of w- like, I mean, it felt waved into a song of ice and fire too, I don't know. I feel like there's so much work to be done. <laughs> is that is there time? Is there time? Even with the Sando pace, uh, I mean, I he's know. taking that three or four years off the
1: Cosmere. Maybe that'll be a project he can squeeze in, so he doesn't say he has to take a break. I
0: don't know, guys. I wrote a whole history of Roshar on the toilet. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd at least try it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, why not?
1: Yeah, I actually said I don't know if Sanderson's the kind of author that would feel the need to do that, and I don't know if this is the series that 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 wants it. Um, but I just know that I I like that kind of stuff, like the history it's, of the world is almost a more interesting thing to me.
0: I love that too. It's interesting. The thing about it's funny. Like when I read the storm, when I read the Cosmere, s- Stormlight stands out more and more. Where the rest of the Cosmere feels a bit more consistent with itself, this feels mm-hmm. like much more serious and, and much more in line with other epic fantasy I've read. But yeah. still with that Sando flavor. So it it makes me curious, like how far will he lean to that stuff that we're used to, of like the history book? And, you know, how mm. far will he go to that typical epic fantasy seriousness? Because I, I feel like the... Oh, I had a term run into my mind, but I don't know if it's a good one because it makes me sad. But like the hashtag casual Cosmere vibes... creeping like sometimes creep in to stormlight like that the kind of the the sunlit man yumi banter
1: Mm -hmm.
0: edge dancer kind of energy can sometimes creep in and it's okay sometimes but i don't want it to be so colloquial is that the word like i don't i like how epic and serious it is
1: I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I that's do- why I'm attracted to the series to be honest. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, this is also something where I mean, he has these co-writers like Dan Wells and others, like that's something that they can do. Cause you know, George uh, did work with his assistants actually on uh, fire and mm-hmm. blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't, I think a lot of those history questions are driving forces probably to like answers that we're going to get in these books. Uh, now, George did some interesting things by having like unreliable narrators and stuff in fire and blood. And you could definitely go down that path, but you would have to find one, a narrator, right? I think, I think Roshar, let's just say this. I think Roshar could have one because there's all these historians and things that, you know, it could be Yasna Yasna's notebook that we Mm. end up reading, which would be so cool. That would be so dope. I have a feeling that her interludes might be journal entries like epistolary.
0: Like her flashbacks, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That could be really fun. Well, yeah. they, 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 they tease that Yasna had some messed up like condition in childhood. It would be cool to see like if the notes were like of mm. the doctors or like the the medical team. You could do palace. so much
1: with it, you know. And oh, and, and, and and you know, there's no rules. Like the interludes could be anything. So, I, I guess, I guess you know that's a bucket or not a bucket list, but <sighs> like an extra
0: superlative
1: that I would love to have is some sort of history
0: book. Imagine like he's saving. I think he's saving her to the last book. What if, a, think, what if like as a child, she went to like a different planet or something. It's got to be crazy. It's got to be something crazy. Like, oh, Yasna was, you know, she had these episodes as a kid. She was like off flipping coins with Kelsey or something.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> or could like
1: see? I mean, yeah, the, the, I would not be surprised if that's the final.
0: Oh man. Oh, there's, there's, there's crazy stuff going and on.
1: And you know it's going to uh, play into the reason why she's atheistic, right? Like, there's no way it doesn't play into it.
0: Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Oh, man, there's so much background. I, I love the background stuff in, in the Cosmere, and especially in Stormlight. Especially when I went down the Ash rabbit hole today. Like, there's a there's a scene later. There's an interlude. I think it's, I don't know which book it's in, but there's an interlude with um, Ash again. <laughs> and she, like, she she's written as being a maid of somebody, um, and then this this uh, this like glorious painting is being moved through the, the the scene, and she's like, oh, she slashes it, and she's like, yes, I finally got this um, painting of myself. And then in walks Mraz, he like saunters in, the guy who's leading the Ghost Bloods on Roshar, one of the higher ups. He's like, is that all it took that painting to find you? I'm like, oh, dude, the Ghost Bloods are like hunting heralds down this is so wild sick. yeah and it's all coming together now there, there's a lot of moving pieces
1: in this yeah. in this puzzle and uh people all are at different levels of the game it's it's crazy yeah
0: and we're right here at the top here on lost in Rosha. we're you know overseeing this glorious planet <laughs> we're, we're trying our best ad free ad free so far <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I guess we can move on to interlude eight, uh, which is the second interlude of this episode, which is uh, Garanid. Is that how you yeah. say it? Garanid? Yeah. Okay. So, um, Garanid Garenid and Ashir are two ardents in the twilight of life devoted to each other and their research. Uh, Garanid studies Spren. Ashir uses cooking to experiment with chemistry. He wonders if he should change his calling because food may not be needed in the cognitive and spiritual realms. Uh, he measures a flame spread and notes that it stays locked in its current states once it is measured. As Shear tells uh, Garanid to go into the other room, he will call out three numbers. Uh, one, the true measurement, and she is only to write d- uh, down one. When he calls out the actual measurement, the spread locks in place. It seems to know when it's being measured. So this is... The idea of particles and waves um collapsing uh it's when like measured and quantum mechanics on Rochelle yes was. yes which by the way when i first read this um i think i was still in maybe i was still in school no i was not still in school for physics um but oh my god i this is when i said i love this book i remember yeah. this the interlude and i said i don't know what the heck these interludes are <laughs> but the fact that he's playing with quantum mechanics here I'm all in. Like I loved it so very much, which is funny because a lot of the stuff in uh, Book Four kind of went this way as well, and I didn't like it. As yeah,
0: much. yeah. That's interesting.
1: I think I have I have other reasons for that. I th- I think that mm. maybe may, we'll, we'll see we'll see when we get there in <laughs> yeah. eight years. But but uh, I I love this interlude uh, for what it is, which is just kind of physics, right? It, it's it's yeah. fun, but it also does bring up and and this is probably what sanderson's playing with here is that he is showing people who are going to be you know measuring flame spread and doing science but also preparing for this cognitive spiritual realm afterlife Mm. right so you have this you have this you know supernatural element of cognitive and spiritual realms while they're doing hard science which is now having a reaction that feels supernatural uh spooky Mm. Spooky action at a distance—that those type of things, right? Um, it, it, I I I like this. I like this inner loop
0: quite I really deep. enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Few things. Firstly, I'm gonna I'm gonna resist calling him Garamid. Mid. It's just his name is begging for it, but he's he seems cool. So we're gonna nah, leave. He's, that. He seems fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Giga Nid. Let's do that. <laughs> um. I was just, like, being, being, you know, I, I've traveled to Cosmia for some years now, and I'm quite surprised. Like, these two ardents on the Reshi Isles, they know a lot. They know, like, what's Those going on. Those Isles are a little weird, aren't they? Hey, man, you go to the islands, you come back different. Um, you come back talking about Shadesmar, apparently. But they're so nonchalant about it. Yeah, like, oh, I wonder what food looks like in Shadesmar, in the cognitive realm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm,
0: that'd be interesting. Meanwhile, like, people like Shalan are like having an existential crisis with these swirly head things and being, yeah, right. being like, what yeah. is going on? And these guys are like, Hmm, Oh, what happens in the spiritual realm? Like they're one level, they're one level beyond. Um, so I'm like, yes, they're two ardents who are studying. Is this the average like science enthusiast on Rosha or scientists on Rosha? It feels like well, a bit more than that. Like these guys seem very sophisticated.
1: They do, but there's also levels to this, you know. Mm. I mean, there's people who don't understand the metric system, and then there's people who understand black holes.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, that is true. That is very true. <laughs> it make, if anything, it makes the world feel big. It does. It does. Yeah, you're tr- you're right, and it's like they're they're living in a world where, like, yes, the person who knows about black holes isn't uploading a five minute YouTube video to. Uh, <laughs> to, it to you like like on road yeah oh yeah but the yeah i know right still two light 10 catlet and post to like shard book
1: he has a whole a whole uh, section of a vlog yeah Ugh.
0: hey guys just with bridge Four today um <laughs> <laughs> welcome back <laughs> <Another> <laughs> it's your boy bridge. it's your boy storm here with another bridge run for you <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, look, thank God we're not there yet. But they they do publish a paper on this because it does get mentioned in the next book. Navani's, I think it's in the next book, Navani's assistant is like, hey, there's this new paper about flame spread and how they're measured. You should read it. So they do get somewhere with this, which is cool. Um, Hmm. I was curious because she's like messing around with the cognitive realm and measuring spran and seeing how like your perception of them influences how they act and all this stuff. But he's just like cooking food. And I was like, is there a magical component to this? Like he's looking at stuff from Shinava, which is, you know, obviously foreign to them. But then remember, remember the pure like interludes where we like learned that the fish were kind of magical and they gave you like, Oh, there's a bit of that going on. Now and they're that, in the Reshi Isles. I was like, ooh. That, that's what I, I was thinking about
1: the Reshi Isles being in the other interlude. That's yeah. a good question. Because like, the
0: Reshi Isles are like above the Pure Lake. There's only like a small landmass s- separating them. <laughs> Man, you know how good my knowledge of the map of Roshar is? Because I got the Roshar 1,000-piece um, puzzle for christmas (laughs) nice and i like i've been slaving over that thing so i know this map really well um the pure lake is still like landlocked but the the ratios aren't that far so i wonder if there's something in the water so to speak up there where you know what Mm -hmm. you cook can 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 do some things but beyond that i like these two they seem very sweet um they got a nice little relationship here going i'm telling you man sanderson does mature relationships um way better i feel like than his um teeny bopper yeah i
1: I agree i think uh the older relationships are definitely the ones i prefer him to write
0: Mm -hmm. at the same time though like maybe we're just getting older because i feel like teeny. i feel pretty (laughs) confident about this
1: yeah I, okay yeah, I, I feel pretty confident about all right that. all right
0: i won't try I,
1: the man should stick to the more material relationships yeah
0: i mean i'll say in Mistborn era too, the the relationships i'm seeing are, are quite are quite good um but yeah i like how they just you know they're basically missionaries but they're like you know what let's just do some science because you know there are not there aren't many people here to to help mm-hmm. and uh I just found it cool. Like, you know, much more about the physics side than me, meaning I know nothing. I it's tried been to, a while. I tried it's to been learn, but I was like, this is, is way beyond me, uh, at least in the way where I was reading about it. But like the fact that it's being measured, like to the point of like in the other room and all this stuff, like that's surely the magical aspect, right? That's not connecting to real life quantum mechanics, is it? Or does it get that trippy?
1: so are you meaning like does this happen in the experiment in our physics
0: yeah yeah like how much does this connect like how much is he playing it, it, around it, with
1: it? it connects fairly well um mm. and, and i kind of wish i maybe had uh something up because it's been a while i used to yeah. obviously i went to s- school for physics i never graduated mm. but i've always had like an interest in it but it's been quite a while and i don't want to butcher it but I, what i will say is this it is really crazy the fact that during an experiment, actually measuring something changes its behavior and and the fact that it can be measured, right? Mm. That does feel magical. However, I think it this is something that gets hijacked by a lot of people who don't necessarily understand it. and then they insert the fact that hey, there could be magic here, like or yeah. proof for something else, right. Um, I think Sanderson might be playing with that a little bit here, possibly. I think that he might be kind of saying well look at this crazy thing that is science but we're also talking about this cognitive spiritual maybe he's trying to make a bridge between those things possibly um i don't know that for sure but yes there is some very interesting things that happen uh whenever you're on the quantum level and you decide to measure
0: that makes me very curious
1: yeah it's essentially the uh the the slit experiment is whenever you're shooting like particles through a slit Mm -hmm. um and then you expect it to go through like a hole and then it doesn't whenever you measure it but it did if it doesn't and then it's both a wave and a particle at the same time it's very
0: oh okay
1: there's a really great video about it um i have to look it up but i'll send it to you uh, and I know there's at least one physicist listening to this. I'm sorry that I'm butchering this. I'm a bad ambassador for the brand. Um, it's just been such a long time, um, but yes, this is close to what we saw uh, with that experiment.
0: If there's a physicist listening, span read us explain, yeah, it, to us in, explain it to me in layman's terms. Um, yeah. I very, used to be able to do this. I'm I'm very <laughs> kind of disappointed in myself right now. But <laughs> no, 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 that was good. I I I found this when I read about it a little bit. Someone asked Sanderson, "Like, is this about is this influenced by quantum mechanics?" And he said, "Yeah, like with my magic systems, it's like meant to be a whole. It's like interacting with the physics as we know it today, but it's like an offshoot. So I wanted to address that in, in yes. my world." He's like, "Dude, I'm not. I'm doing like hard magic systems to the nth degree. I'm creating new physics. <laughs> like, um, that's in, it's incredible what he's doing, and the fact that he." I don't know. There's just something special about that interlude. Just like a neat little experiment with some cool character work. It's it's a very good interlude, and I remember being amazed by it when I first read it. I was like, "That's so fascinating." Yeah, I I absolutely loved it. I
1: thought it was pretty um, captivating, to be honest with you. And it made me super excited to see what how it was going to play out. Um, I pulled up the observer effect, which Mm. is, and by the way, I said, slit experiments a double slit experiment, but this is just a very basic, uh, definition of the observer effect. Um, so in physics, the observer effect is the disturbance of an observed system by an act of observation. This is often a result of utilizing instruments that by necessity alter the state of what they measure in some manner. A common example is checking the pressure in an automobile tire, which causes some of the air to escape thereby changing the pressure to observe it. Similarly, seeing non-luminous objects requires light hitting the object to cause it to reflect that light. (laughs) While the effects of observation are often negligible, the object still experiences a change leading to the Schrodinger's cat thought experiment. Uh, This effect can be found in many domains of physics, but can usually be reduced to insignificance by using different instruments and observation techniques. A notable example of the observer effect occurs in quantum mechanics, as demonstrated by the double slit experiment. Physicists have found that the observation of quantum phenomena by a detector or an instrument can change the measured results of this experiment. Despite the observer effect, uh, effect, in the double slit experiment being caused by the presence of an electronic detector, the experimenter's results have been interpreted by to to some to uh, suggest a conscious mind that can directly affect Reality, however, the need for the observer to be conscious versus merely just existent, as in a unicellular microorganism, is not supported by scientific research and has been pointed out as a misconception rooted in poor understanding of the quantum wave function and the quantum measurement process. So uh, we could go on uh, about <laughs> electrons and stuff, but th- this is kind of, actually I'm really glad that I had that end there. This is generally a very interesting thing and then can lead for people to
0: yeah take the, take the next leap and be like yes. ooh <laughs> yeah.
1: but i think the way sanderson uh portrayed it like as science in ooh. this interlude is very cool and yeah. very good
0: he did a good yeah. job yeah oh man that's that's so cool i don't yes. think he goes to that level ever again um i suppose with the light stuff there's something about the lights that just don't hit the same as a, a nice little little spread You know (laughs) just imagine okay just
1: just fill it in
0: (laughs) but hey this is one of my favorite things in sanderson books when they're whenever they're studying the magic and like actually making discoveries it's very cool
1: yeah i mean it's very fun at least for me and i think a lot of us nerds is like Uh, you know, research and discovery is, is quite amazing. Um, you know, Mm. I get excited every time I see a breakthrough in some sort of scientific field, whether it be nutrition, general health, um, or, you know, rocket science or whatever it is, it's always exciting that still to this day after thousands of years, we're learning and breaking Mm -hmm. barriers and the glass ceilings are being shattered and stuff. So cool to see it also in a, in a fantasy
0: world. Yeah. Some might say you're lost in discovery, mate.
1: You just might. You know, you know, it's a really cool series for those out there that maybe really like this stuff. It's not a one for one, but a series where the engineers are the heroes um, mm. is Dandelion Dynasty by Ken Liu. It is very much uh, about engineering and discovering, as well as being an epic fantasy with a secession drama that's really epic. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of engineering in that in invention. It's really cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Bring in. Bring in some science to our sci-fi fantasy. Why not? Yeah. Um, speaking of science and nuance, we're going to throw that out the window and we're going to read about a massacre.
1: Yeah. Uh, good old fashioned violence. <laughs> just that we like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Interlude nine. The devil wears Prada. No, I'm just kidding. Death wears <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zeth's POV So Zeth kills two guards and crashes through a door entering the king's banquet. And he starts to kill. Uh, King Hannah Vanar, which is a ridiculous name, <laughs> of Jakved yells for. Ha- I feel like I say that a lot in the interludes. There's a lot of ridiculous names in these interviews. He but just like Hanna falls on his Vanar. keyboard. Yeah. yeah, it's like, dude. There's too many ends in this. Look, Hannah Hannah Vanar. No, it's it's not. It's actually too many
0: A's. One, <laughs> two, three. There's four A's in that name. That's too many. Oh my That's god. It's too many. I feel like you're you're about to break into Havana. By Camille Cabello. <laughs> Havana, na na na. <laughs> <laughs> Havana,
1: na na. All right. Yeah. Uh, Zeth slaughters many of the people trying to flee and makes his way over to the king. Two shard bears come out from hiding. Another squid uh, and another squad wearing half shards enter the room to attack. Zeth drops his sword and uses his windrunner abilities to fling the attackers about the room. He infuses a stone multiple times and lashes it towards one of the shard bears, crushing him to death. He kills the rest of the honor guard easily and slams himself down on the king, pinning him to the floor. He puts his shard blade through his face. <laughs> Not exactly subtle. <laughs> Not exactly subtle, right?
0: Wow, you you ended that sentence like just like that Seth ended the king, mate. That was
1: great. I mean, that that's what it said. It said he put it <laughs> through his face. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the first you know real massacre. I mean, outside of the prologue, of course, but mm. uh, this, this, this is crazy. brutal this is insane dude
0: he's stood atop of wasn't there like he stood atop a pile of like 30 people at some point (laughs) it it, it is insane this is like mate sanderson epic levels of destruction truly they say sanderson can't do you know violence hello read this Uh, scene he, he he i mean i also thought Mistborn
1: was extremely
0: violent oh Mistborn's insane
1: yeah, it, it is brutal, man. Especially when you think, oh, it's a teenage female protagonist. And then there's like spikes <laughs> in dude's eyes and stuff. Like, what is going on?
0: allergy itself, like as a concept, is insane. Like the spikes are crazy. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> when I was reading this, I was like, oh, would this be like, am I annoyed that this, that shard blades don't break the skin? I know that sounds very sadistic. But I was like, because at first I was like, oh, you know, when I first read the book, I'm like, why doesn't it, you know, why are we doing this? It's like, you know, taking something away from the, you know, how destructive it should be and how shocking it should be. But there are some descriptions here. I'm like, man, this is quite like, there's something mystical. um, Mm -hmm. There's like a mystical sense of destruction to it, which still kind of hits you hard. Like when it goes through someone's chest and they're like, Totally collapsed, but just only their shirt rips. There's just something kind of unsettling. There's like a extra sense well, it, of horror. It goes
1: beyond the physical, which is congruent with the idea of a spiritual or cognitive realm that yeah. there's these different planes of existence, and this one is reaching a little bit further.
0: Mm, that's what I mean. It's like almost scarier. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's it doing, really? Then, like, if, if we're not seeing actual effects, ooh,
1: yeah, this is and, crazy. And, and who figured that out? You know, like, how was this created? And, and, like, why? Why this way?
0: Yeah. So, respect to the shard blades, guys. Um, yeah. Don't knock them. Really don't knock them because you'll uh, lose your abilities of that limb. <laughs> but Havana, na, na, na of a Bit of a wuss. Bit of a maybe. He maybe. wasn't standing on business. Did he do anything wrong?
1: Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs>
0: What well, I mean, he 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 messed with Taravangian apparently because Taravangian's you know, like you know what? I've got to eliminate basically everyone else in my general area so I can stumble in as the humble Taravangian and be like, oh, I guess I should lead. <laughs> <laughs> I should take care of this. Oh, it's a shame you all died. I don't um, want the power, <laughs> but if I must. Um. So I was reading about like because I was like, okay, what? Yes, I remember these scenes, but, like, why? You know, why did this happen? Why did this happen? So I'm going to read a little bit about the diagram. All right, let's hear it. So, thank you, Coppermind. This is in the diagram page under the subheading Assassination of Leaders. Very clear to find. It says, The diagram mentioned the possibility of finding or creating a Shin Truthless who they could use as a weapon. I mean, that sentence alone is getting me excited. It is unclear whether the diagram was involved in the events that led to Seth becoming a truthless, but one of Taravangian's men, a world hopper did eventually obtain possession of the oath stone and ordered the shin man who possessed Yezrian's honor blade to assassinate numerous world leaders. Obeying the holder of his oath stone, Seth killed many of Roshar's royalty and anyone else who stood in his way. The final person he assassinated, uh, he was sent to assassinate was Dalinar. Um, Dalinar had been trying to unite the High Princes of Al- Alethkar, which Taravangin felt was a threat to the Diagram's command that Taravangin should rule all of Roshar. That's an interesting command. Um, and then, you know, Kaladin saves the day, bloody bloody blah blah And then I'm just going to go a bit lower to what's happening now, the takeover of Yarkavet. Taravangin had used Seth to kill the king of Yarkavet and several Vedan High Princes, creating a power vacuum and a succession crisis. The surviving... Vedan High Princes vied for um, the throne and were killed in a brutal civil war. Taravangian went to Vedanar posing as a benevolent foreign king, bringing aid to the war-torn city as the diagram instructed him to. Taravangian had created a false genealogy showing he had a legitimate claim to the Archived Throne, which would c- be conveniently discovered by his scribes after a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is all part of his grand plan. Um, to take over the world, um, and he kind of has by the by the end of Rhythm of War, he like really has. So, yeah, the seeds are planted right here. The wave games, yeah, and I remember what
1: I mean. I remember just feeling like blown away <laughs> when I've re- started seeing everything that was coming out yeah. about Teravangian, and it was like. Wow, it was there all along like (laughs) he had been doing things in the background. And then obviously we saw him in in the um, in the Yazna chapters, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I should say, Shallan chapters. Um, (laughs) But he is. uh, He's probably the best antagonist Sanderson's ever written, probably.
0: I agree. I agree. Like the the whole diagram Night Watcher situation is just brilliant. It's so brilliant. Um, what did you make of Seth getting angry at this king? Did, was that just a commentary on like a coping strategy? Like he didn't have to kill all these people and it's like the king's fault. He laid the trap or is this some sort of like weird thing going on?
1: Well, he could just have a disdain for people that maybe abuse power or, or vindictive with or anything because... You know, he mm. got casted out from his place, from his leaders. But it seemed like he's very accepting of his sentence of being truthless. Like he, f- it feels as if he's accepting. extremely, extremely. So, so it, it's hard to say. I think maybe it might be a little bit of copium, possibly, or maybe mm. that's just how he sees the world, black and white. You know.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it was. It was something I was toying with. I th- I liked what you said. Like these people that abuse power, and he's obviously he has to take it out on somebody, right? Yes. Um, I'm just reading about the person who asked about, like, how they got Zeth, and they asked Sanderson, when Tarot Vanjian first got control of Zeth, he sent a man with a dark face and an accent Zeth didn't recognize. Who, were, who was also wearing a mask? Is this masked man a world hopper f- um from Southern Skadril? And then Sanderson just said the masked man is a world hopper. So the fact, like, not only really <laughs> does Tarot Vanjian have, like, the diagram and all these like helpers at his disposal, but he's got people from other planets. He's got a whole network going on. It's just like, give me that backstory, give me that history it's, book. It's, with
1: that, it's it's not exactly surprising that he becomes Odium, huh?
0: Yeah, no, not really. Oh man, what's he gonna do? Yeah, just just oh, book five's gonna be so good. Yeah, there's gonna be
1: bigger things, bigger yeah. bigger plans for Way
0: sure. Bigger. Um, he's gonna be a big boss in this whole whole world of the cosmic he's going to be maybe the biggest antagonist of the entire connected universe so i can see i happens. think
1: he, his story has to be finished in stormlight though
0: i think everyone's story has to finish in their respective like launch series, series. Yeah. yeah if he's gonna stay right? true like, to that selling point of like you can read any of my series and uh, be satisfied except for the lost metal
1: um, yeah, satisfying is a very <laughs> subjective term, by yeah the way.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, but I think he will. Like, I think, especially when you're coming around to end your series, you got you know, you're especially careful when you tie it all up. Um, but look, Seth stopped crying. He 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 shoved it through his face and he said sure I, I am death. He said, You know what, I'm still edgy. Despite all <laughs> this. So edgy. Death. Oh, Seth, it's like for, he's gone through it, but it has got some good one-liners.
1: Is that the evolution of Zane from Misborn?
0: <laughs> oh no! Oh Zane, I've mentally blocked out Zane. Who's yeah,
1: that? Yeah, I'm Who with you.
0: <laughs> uh, hey mate, let's wrap this up with a one last, uh, you know, with our new segment at the end of our episodes. We, we're going to chuck in at least one span read, so we can keep interacting with you all. Um, and we've got one for for you this week. Jimmy yeah. Stormbless is going to take it away, I believe.
1: Yes, we have a show and you have a need. It's time for the <laughs> weekly spam. Oh,
0: I like that. That's good.
1: Zeth theory. This is from Tyler. Tyler, thank you so much for writing in. He says, hi, Christian and Jimmy. Thank you for the podcast. I love it. Well, thank you, Tyler. Appreciate that. He says, I suspect after book five, we will see Zeth as a character like a combination of Samwise. And by the way, folks, this is going to have a slight spoiler for Avatar, The last airbender. So if you haven't watched it like I haven't. Uh, look away for a little bit. Uh, but anyways, Zeth as a character, like a combination of Samwise from Lord of the Rings and Zuko from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Maybe he'll even be sort of a surprise main character. I think it is significant that the front five books start with Zeth and will end with a book with his flashbacks. Like Samwise, he's a character that's always been there, maybe in the background, but who is the real driving force behind major events. Shinovar is also the closest thing in Roshard to the classic fantasy farm town. Like Zuko, I think we will have a redemption arc coming home, no longer believing in the culture's definition and emphasis on honor as a skybreaker. He'll try to seek justice against those who set him on his path, but be talked down by Kaladin no longer believing in blindly in stone shamanism or the skybreakers warped flavor of justice. Keep those safe hands covered. Kremlin horde Tyler. Uh, I like this. I mean, I I, I think Zest's redemption arc has already began uh, in a lot of ways, but also maybe he was just always kind of a bit misunderstood as well. I think that that that's certainly a part of it and usually is a part of redemption arcs is, is people mm-hmm. not understanding the full the full uh, encompassing nature of a character. Jamie Lannister comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samwise, I think, is a little maybe a little it's, different. Yeah
0: yeah like
1: samwise does come back to the shire right but the problem with samwise and this is actually why he's not like samwise in my opinion is that samwise comes back to the shire after this grand journey and basically being a man servant to frodo right Mm. and doesn't challenge any of the social constructs of the shire uh, he doesn't change things for other people, maybe who are in that servant role. And I know that Samwise isn't treated like you know terribly. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not criticizing Lord of the Rings here. I'm just saying Samwise mm. isn't that character. Mm. Where I think that Zeth is that character. Mm. I think he does try to change things from where he is from. He's not just going to go back and be a legend and have some beer and get married i think he's going back to make change and to make make right yes. with what happened yes. and whether or not we'll, we'll to what level will will be up for discussion i do think kaladin has a, a part to play in that and kaladin is going to give him lessons that he's learned along his path and that's you know part of the friendship and the growth between those two characters and it'll be really cool to see i'm not sure how it all shakes out but i think i think sam is only similar in the fact that he's a side character that returns home uh, for me personally Ooh now yeah. Zuko I've never watched Avatar: ever started the last but it sounds like Zuko is far more unlike yeah. Zeth than than Samwise
0: I haven't watched all of it, but I definitely see the comparative point there much clearer than Samwise yeah uh, and Jamie Lannister to that degree too but what's interesting right because he is doing this redemption arc for sure already it's like it's happening to some mm-hmm. degree um, and Zeth's you know he swore an oath to like serve Dalinar if we hmm. if we rewind to last week with uh, Sir Carlo, with the, you know, dark Dalinar theory, imagine, right? Like Zeth is redeeming himself. He's doing good. He's got his buddy cop arc with Kaladin and then Dalinar goes to the dark side, but he swore this oath to like serve him no matter what. What and if
1: Dalinar he- <laughs> has Zeth kill Kaladin?
0: <laughs> he's like, you know what? This little brat, his blue uniform has been <laughs> stealing my thunder get
1: him i mean could you imagine that if this whole buddy cop book and like they become friends and then zeth has to
0: ultimately yeah like i could see a tragic twist of fate where like it's it's so not in line with stormlight though we we keep imagining like these tragic endings i think it's
1: going to be a lot more positive um i didn't think this until I realized how big of a gap between the books and how like separate, I know it's only a couple year difference and it's still all stormlight, but like the first arc one through five, I think is going to feel somewhat complete. And I don't think it's in Sanderson to leave us on like a very bittersweet cliffhanger.
0: Yeah. I think what Jake said was on point, like it will be like a kind of like a Pyrrhic victory. We've lost so much, but we just made it, and uh, let's pick up the pieces for Era 2. Yeah. That will probably be yeah, We'll lose a few people along the way. A couple will become gods. Maybe some Kremlings will show up. And uh, on your way, guys. Yep. Um, see you in Mistborn Era 3, dummies. Get ready for the future. Because <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that'll be that, guys. no need to buy the book. I've just summed it up. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah. No, but uh, honestly, I, I haven't felt this excited in a long time, for flashbacks i think mm-hmm. that's going to be a contender for the best contender for the best so yeah far. i
1: think i didn't like the venley flashbacks so for me i feel like you know this is this is big you know mm. i need a, and i'm actually not a huge fan of flashbacks in general uh, there, there are quite a few that i like but i am usually cautious about stories that have a bunch of flashbacks Uh, that biases has been destroyed multiple times for multiple books. (laughs) Wise of is a really good example, actually. I I love those flashbacks. Um, So I'm hoping that we get back to, back to form for my taste, at least, Um, you know, more in line with the, the Dalinar and the Shallan flashbacks.
0: Yeah, we can all agree that they've all got their merits, although I think it falls shortest in rhythm of war. I suspect we'll see a return to form in this book. I think you know i think people's top spots of words of radiance will be hard to beat forever yeah um but i feel like i feel like the vast majority of people are going to enjoy book five more than four just because of the nature of it being a conclusion
1: yeah four being a little bit of a bridge
0: yeah Yeah. it's in that awkward spot yeah (laughs) yeah but with that guys i think we'll wrap it up for this week Thank you, as always, for accompanying us on this episode of Lost in Roshar. Remember, the most important chapter a man can read is the next one. We'll see you next week as we dive into chapter 52 and 53 and start part four of The Web of Kings.
1: And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave us a review on whichever platform you listen on. It helps us out tremendously. And if you have any uh, theories, please fan read us at lostinroshar at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on Lost in Roshar. And remember to keep that safe hand covered.